Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Hello and welcome to episode number 151 of Soccer Noob Rockin' America featuring Person Noob. Hello! Uh, there's my 11-year-old daughter, forever comparatively new to being alive. I've only been so- following soccer for a few years, hence our monikers. And now, since she's the real star of the show, episode 151 comes with a little bit more person noob than ever before. We're going to be taking a collect- couple of soccer games from early in the show, making predictions, having a little contest that is going to be incredibly high stakes, as you will soon be hearing. And stakes, after all, that's what this show has always been all about. We cover matches from club leagues and club and national team tournaments, large and small, the entire world over. Whether the country is large or tiny, if there's a match important where it's being played, it is on our radar and has a real shot of making the cut. And that allows us to give you a mix of matches that you are not going to find any hosts talking about anywhere else out there in podcast land. I am certain of it. Plus, this particular episode, amongst other things, Personoob has... Do I do I have this right? The management she's she's procured us a sponsorship. Dot 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 question mark. All right. Well, we'll find out what that's all about soon enough, and she'll have a takeover segment as well. This particular week, our mini previews are going to be covering matches from September first through seventh. As always, that's a Friday through Thursday. So, with no further ado, let's dive right into the match tracking with match number one. Just for you, Person Noob, our first match is a women's match. What do you think of that from across the room? Yes. Yeah. You know what the real reason we're starting with a women's match is? Why? Because it made our final 10, and it happens to be the one Friday match we're covering. Yeah, that's right. We're back to chronological order. We've been doing things geographically for a while. Now we're going to go back. Why? We don't know. We don't care. Here comes the content, as Bo Burnham would sing. Match number one is from the... Damos Venskan Liga, which is the women's top flight in Sweden. They are the number eight ranked league in all of UEFA. Two of their teams will get to start in the Champions League second qualifying round. That is the last qualifying round before the group stage. And then they'll get another team in the first qualifying round. And they're about two thirds of the way through the season. So things are getting serious, as the kids would say. Do the kids say serious, person new? I don't know. You're not sure? I thought you were one of the kids. If you, if you want to swing like the hip kids swing, I've got to be down with their lingo. Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> number B, Linko Pings, is taking on number one, BK Hawken, in your key matchup to start things off. Hawken currently lead Linko Pings by three, and they have a match in hand. So it is looking more and more like their league. Hawken cannot lose this game. They've got to get a result, I think, to stay in the race. Uh, Linko Ping in turn, by the way, they lead two clubs by four points each. So another team could make a move, but given that there's not always a ton of parity in these women's leagues, it feels like a two horse race to me. When they played earlier this season at Hocken, Hocken uh, stomped Linko Ping's three nothing, and they have had the advantage in their overall series with a seven one and three record, at least in recent years. We'll start with the home team, as is our tradition here. Linko Pings, that is a city as well as a club. It is in the southeast part of the country, about 100,000. Very high-tech city, university city, and a very green city. They have a goal collectively to become carbon neutral as a municipality by 2025. Good for them. 
The club was founded in 2013. They are not officially the Lions, but they have a lion on the crest. We won't quite boo them, but Linko Pings, everybody uses Lions. We're looking at you askance and raising our collective eyebrow. We have to describe it because this is an audio format. They have won three league titles in the past. Last one, it's been just a little bit, 2017. Twice they have made the Women's Champions League quarterfinals. Last time was 2014-15. That's the best they've ever done internationally. Last year, they finished in third place in the league. This year, their defense is good. Their offense is incredible. They're getting almost two and a half goals per match. They're number one in that regard. They've only got the third best goal differential. I think that their defense is going to let them down and... You know, that no matter how this match turns out, I don't like their chances of catching Hawken, but it is still pretty close, of course, hence the reason we're covering it. Key player to look for, number one league scorer with 13 is Cornelia uh, Kapox. She is a homegrown left winger. Team's current form, they are 8-1-0 over their last nine. They have won three straight with a 12-3 goal differential over those three wins. That offense just keeps getting stronger and stronger. But will it be enough to hold Hawken at bay? They are the Wasps. Appreciate a unique mascot like that much better. The club's name interestingly translates to the hack, which a little bit of internet research has taught me uh, could mean a hedge. It could mean in some places a, a hurdle like in track and field, or it can be a slang for a butt. Person, do you think that this club's real nickname or actual name translates to the butt? No? All right, fair enough. But it's on the it's on the plate of possibilities. A smorgasbord of ideas there for you to choose from. We don't really know. The internet didn't ultimately uh, give us a definitive answer. They do play definitively out of the city of Gothenburg, which is the second largest one in the city. It's got about a million people in the metro. It's in the southwest home the, uh, part of the country, and they're the home to Volvo. Person, do you have any idea what Volvo is? No. Shush then. Uh, one league title that they've won in 70 years, 2020. And that is it. And yet twice they've been to the Champions League quarterfinals. Last time was 2012-13. Last year, they finished in second place. So no defending champions lurking here. These are teams that are looking to dethrone someone. Uh, they have uh, the, only the third best offense, which is still pretty good, but they've got the number one defense by miles and miles. They've only conceded five goals in 17 matches on the season. Key player, at least offensively, to look for, tied for number five in league scoring with an even 10 is Anna Anvagard. She is a homegrown left winger who came over from Everton in the Women's Super League in England last year. Their current form, an almost cartoonish stretch where they are 14-2 and oh, now, person new, we're starting our new thing this week where we are going to be uh, tasking ourselves with a little contest. Uh, you get, uh, we're each going to decide who's going to win, what's the score going to be. If you, uh, you can pick win, draw, or lose, you get one point, no matter which one you pick. If you get the exact score right, what do you think? Should you get a bonus two points or three? Three. All right, you get a bonus three points if you get the score exactly Right, so who do you? What do you think the score is going to be in Linko Pings versus Hawken? Uh, the Linko Pings are going to get four, and the Hawkins going to get two. All right, so she is pulling the home ever so slightly mild upset, four to two. I am going the other direction, and I am uh, going to say that Hawkins get a one to two 
win on the road. And uh, while that won't exactly sew up the league title, it'll be pretty darn close. Let the contest begin. Oh, by the way, I haven't decided what you'll have to do for me if I win each week, but you want to tell the people what I'm going to be doing if you win? Scooping the cat's poop. Yeah, I got to take care of the litter boxes. So it is on and the stakes are serious. Match number B. Number B. Number B. It's a new number between one and three. That's right. Although it's not so new, we have been singing the praises of number B for a while, haven't we? Mm-hmm. It's so more, much more couth than number two. Which is okay to say as long as uh, Daughter Dearest here and I are each saying one half of it. Join us in a revolution. Change your numbering system. How should it go? One B three. And so forth. So listen to it in action. See what you think. Match number B is the first of our Saturday matches and it is our feature match from Major League Soccer at the top flight here in Murica. Uh, the conference winners from the East and West will each go to the next CONCACAF Champions League. So will the next two best teams, no matter which conference they play in. Now, these are not the only ways to get into the CONCACAF Champions Cup, but they are the four berths that you can earn from the regular season, and they are about three-quarters of the way through the regular season. Now, normally we like to talk about number one versus number B matches all the time, don't we, Doc? Mm-hmm. What numbers are we doing this time? Ten and nine. Yeah. You know the reason for that? No. Mm, I will enlighten you. It's because in each of the two conferences, the top nine teams make the playoffs. The eighth and ninth place teams have to have a separate little match to see who's going to get into the bracket of eight. So these two teams are walking a fine line. Right now, uh, the difference between Chicago Fire and D.C. United is three points, but Chicago have a match in hand. That means they've played one fewer match, so advantage to them. D.C. United really need to get three points here at home. When they played earlier this season in Chicago, uh, the Fire only managed a nil-nil draw, and they are very even as well in their overall series. Nine, 12, and nine is what they have each accrued. Talk about DC United first. They are managed by Wayne Rooney. Yes, the one and only one of the all time great players. But now retired and now coaching over here stateside. 2019 was the last time that this team made the playoffs and they went out in the first round. They have won four Major League Soccer Cup titles, that means the playoffs and overall championship but they haven't won it in almost 20 years. Their halcyon days have gone by. They have won the FA Cup or U.S. Open Cup here three different times, but it's been a decade since they won the last of those. They have also won one CONCACAF Champions Cup title. That was even further back than either of their other trophies, 1998. So uh, they're looking to, uh, you know, they're a long ways from being able to reclaim some former fame, but it starts with getting in the playoffs. Last year, they finished in 14th or last place in the Eastern Conference. So they're doing a little bit better. And uh, that's largely because their offense is somewhat improved. They're average in that regard, uh, tied for number seven in the league. But the problem is still their defense. They're giving up almost one and a half goals per match. That puts them near the bottom bottom of the Eastern Conference. Overall for goal differential, which I think is a key metric, they are tied for eighth place. I do believe that this is a team that will sneak into the playoffs. Key players to look for. I think their most important player for the year so far has been their English center midfielder, Lewis O'Brien. He just went back to Nottingham Forest, though, from loan in July. So they're without him. That's not bueno. All right. Uh, Next, I think their next best player has probably been on the defensive end, despite their overall struggles. Their center back, Donovan Pines. He's had three goals, 74% tackle success rate. Hey. Yeah, person. The sponsor. What are you talking about? The sponsor. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Do we have a new sponsor? Yeah. Who's who or what's sponsoring us? Here. Uh a, a Donovan Pines. Donovan Pines is a player. You're saying that he is sponsoring the, the match or the show. Yeah. I am not in I am not in the news on this. Do you do you have something for us? Here. Uh here, uh, listen to this. Today's episode brought to you by the new podcast, Intractable Pines. Follow Donovan Pines off of the pitch as he delves into the dark and seedy underbelly of black market Canadian maple syrup. The path will take him from the north woods of Canada to the seedy shipping docks of Belize as he goes on a global adventure to find out just where the sweetness ends. So you're telling me that this DC United player sent us some money to play that promo for his alleged podcast for a detective drama. Money? What money? That's how sponsorships work. They pay you, and then you get something. No money was involved in this. Well, that's a really bad deal for us. Shoot. I've got to... <laughs> I've got to... Dad. They're not... What are they teaching you in school about capitalism? Shoosh. That was really funny, wasn't it? Totally. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. You're so funny. Did you and voicer guy Brian come up with that? No. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's go on with the match preview. Yeah. That got weird, but that's what we do. Yeah. Hey, okay, so Donovan Pine, center back, three goals, 74% tackle rate, loads of clearances. He has been uh, one of the very few bright spots on defense. You know, that sounds like a good show, actually. I would, I would listen to that, although I don't know – He's an American player. I don't know why he's interested in a show about Canadian maple syrup going to Belize. Canada. Canada. That's right. I said it wrong. All right. Number one in possessions, one in the final or offensive third. So getting that ball back and keeping what offense they have alive with 1.7 per 90 minutes is Yamil Assad, Argentinian midfielder. This is a guy to look for if you're watching this match, which you should. He's actually between loan and contracts, been with D.C. United now three different times. He's also played for Atlanta, so this is a good player. He doesn't get 90 minutes per match, but he, lately he's been getting 45 to 70, maybe the last half dozen matches. So this is a kid who's really up and coming for them. The weak link, I think that uh, – it's this guy, Christian uh, Benteke from Belgium, center forward. He is among the entire league leaders, not just the conference, in missed scoring opportunities. So he kept, keeps getting set up, but he is unable to knock him in. In fact, he hasn't scored a single goal in his last dozen matches. Ouch. Team's current form, they have lost four straight between league play and the League's Cup tournament that they had with Liga MX teams. Their goal differential over that stretch, a painful to look at one and seven. All right, now Chicago Fire. Do we have any sponsorships related to Chicago Fire? Is there anything else I should know, person noob? I don't think so. Okay, good. So if we're not getting paid for them, then I just don't know about all this. All right, they have won one league title. That was back in 1998. Just like their opponents today, this is a team whose glory days are somewhat behind them. They've won the U.S. Open Cup title four different times, last time 15 years ago. Uh, the third of their three CONCACAF Champions Cup appearances came in 2004. Woof, that has been a while. They made the semifinals. That's the best they've ever done. Last year, they were in 12th place in the East, another team that is ever so slowly trying to reclaim any of their past glory. Uh, like 
DC United. The offense is almost average, but the defense is a real problem. They too are giving up almost one and a half goals per game. Nevertheless, I think that they too will sneak into the playoffs eventually, but they won't get any further than the first round. MVP for them on the year, in my opinion, has been Miguel Navarro, their uh, left back from Venezuela. Uh, doesn't score. He's a true defensive player, but he does have four assists. Gets up there a little bit. He's a very good tackler, and he is lightning fast. Gets loads of interceptions. They think well of him in Venezuela. He's got five national team appearances under his belt. Team's current form, uh, they have lost three straight matches with a one and seven goal differential across all competitions. So the time has come, person noob. How do, I'll go first on this one. I think that the Chicago Fire versus at DC United will be played to a 1-1 draw. What do you think? Who do you think the winner is going to be, if anyone? Um, tie. You think it's going to be a draw as well? What do you think the score will be? Two. Two to two, a high scoring affair. It's really hard to say because these teams both lately have stunk on both offense and defense. All things are possible. Match number three. Our second and only other Saturday match comes from League One Ontario, where they're having their playoff final. This is a tier three league in Canada, so semi-professional at most. They are part of an organization called League One Canada. Well, they pronounce it Canada, but we pronounce it right, don't we, person noob? Yeah. How do we say it? That's right. If Canadian is the adjective, then Canada is the country as far as we're concerned. Lots of fun. So there are three different leagues that are part of uh, Canada League One, and Ontario's is one of them. The winner of each of them, including this one, gets to go to the 2024 Canadian Championship, which is the nation's FA Cup. It is being played at a neutral site, which is somewhat surprising to me, although I'm sure it's not a long drive for either of them, in Vaughan, Ontario. As a side note, neither of these two teams are the defending champions. They were Vaughan Azuri, who I believe lost in the semifinals. Your matchup is number one, Ascrosapi, versus number B, Simcoe County Rovers. And this is the time of show, long-time listeners will know, where you don't get the full preview. You just get to know that it's going on. Go look it up on your own if you want. We're more concerned with how should we be gambling on this. After all, school is expensive, isn't it, person noob? Yeah. Yeah, we got to pay for that. Otherwise, you'll be on the streets or just going to some other school. I made that more dramatic than it needed to be, didn't I? I love that my co-host is across the room on the day bed. It makes this extra interesting to do. I've got podcast things going on 180 degrees. Anyway, we are going to check in with our 3,500-year-old prognosticator, Noob Stradamus, who should be having a, another drug-aided or drug-addled vision to help us know what the result is going to be. Take it away, almighty soothsayer. Number four. All right. Unfortunate that apparently we're getting too much interference to get Noobstradamus, but at least we got to hear a little uh, very early 80s Martha and the Muffins. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Echo Beach. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Sunday, match number four. Uh, other than our MLS match, we've definitely got a theme going, and that's because uh, the Northern European and Northern countries in general are working towards the end of their seasons due to the climates that they endure, of course. Match number four, we're off to Finland. The Vikasliga is the name of their top flight. It is 37th ranked in all of UEFA. One team to the Champions League first qualifying round. Three teams will get to go to the third best international club tournament, Europa Conference League, next year out of this one, second through fourth place. This is their last match of the regular season, but then, like many leagues, the league divides, uh, the 12 clubs divide into championship and relegation rounds, or divisions would be a better way to put it, to play the last several games of their season. Your matchup, teams that have definitely already qualified for the championship round, but still battling it out for the overall league crown. Number one, HJK versus number B, K, lowercase u, capital P-S. Yeah, I don't know why they do it that way either. There's really no explanation, even once you know what it stands for. Uh, HJK currently lead, let's just call them Coops, by one point. Coops won earlier this season 2-1 to one when they played at their place. Can they do it again at home? We will be finding out. If it follows the series, it'll be HJK that wins. They have accrued a 21-16-8 record over the many previous years they have been playing one another. HJK, you can understand why they abbreviated for us international folk to them, because it stands for... <sighs> Helsingen Yalka Palo Klubi. Yeah, that might not be too far off. They are rated not far outside of UEFA's top 100 clubs, just to give a little bit of perspective. They have a terrible, terrible crest, one of the worst ever, especially that doesn't evolve a lion. The lettering on it looks like each letter is placed on a certain slice of a smushed basketball, except for the H for some reason, which uh, is divided in half by one of those lines. Uh, it's... It's just not good. It's definitely not symmetrical. Much fatter on the right-hand side. Check it out online. Uh, this year, they played in the Champions League because they're the league's defending champs. Then they lost, got to go down to the Europa League, fell out of that tournament immediately. And so they got to play in the Europa Conference League uh, playoff round. That's one of the things I love about the fact that there are newly three of these international club tournaments. You get a handful of teams that just bounce from one to the next as they keep on losing. 2014-15, they made the Europa League, the second best international club tournament, group stage, and that is the best that they have ever done. Domestically, they are a behemoth, though. 32, 32 league titles, three-time defending champs this year. The defense, good. The offense, amazing. One and three-quarters goals per match. Number one overall goal differential. These are your favorites. Number one league scorer is there to boast of with 14 on the year, and that is Bojan Radulovic from Serbia, young fellow, 23-year-old center forward. He played for Espanyol's B team. That's one of the teams over in La Liga is Espanyol. The B team, I believe, plays in the third division. He's also uh, been on contract before in the Premier League with uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, though he made no appearances for them. Another key player tied for number three and assists with five on the year is Kevin Kowasivi Benison, that's hyphenated. He is a homegrown right midfielder for them. Team's current form, slipping a little bit. They had the league kind of in hand at 1.20-3 in their last five, although it's worth mentioning that all three losses actually came in European competition. And now, KUPS, or Coops, that stands for Kopion. Might be getting that wrong. K-U-O-P-I-O-N. Palasura. And they are the Fighting Canaries. All right. I added in fighting on my own, but 
I love the fact it's another one, just like the Wasps earlier, these teams that have unique mascots. I get very excited for them. Uh, Quopio is the name of the city in which they play. That is the eighth biggest one in the country, just 125,000. Very diverse economy up there, despite the population. Uh, that's uh, including a lot of agriculture. Uh, they've absorbed a lot of areas in the uh, from the rural surrounding counties and made it their own. It's also a big tourism area. And by the way, happy birthday, Coops. Yeah, 100 years old this year. Six league titles, 2019, another league title would be a nice birthday present. I don't think HJK are just going to gift wrap it for him, though. Before 2019, the last time they won one, 1976. Yeah, it's been a minute. This year in international play, they went to the Europa Conference League and lost in the second qualifying round. 2020-21 season in the Europa League, they made the playoff round. That's the best they've ever done, not quite having made the event proper or group stage. Last year, they were league runners-up. This year, really good offense, but an even better defense. They're giving up less than two goals every three matches on average. It's not the highest scoring league in the world because that's not even the best defense in the league. That only puts them number B in that regard. The offense that they're getting largely at the feet of a top 10 score. He's got six. That is Urho Nisila. He is their central midfielder. And this guy, oh, he is worth going down a rabbit hole to see where all he is trekked. He's played for everywhere from the Netherlands, probably the strongest league he's played in, their top flight, all the way to South Korea much more recently. Team's current form, they are 3-2-0 in their last five, both in league and the Europa Conference League. Match number five. Your second and final Sunday match. Yeah, that's right. Only half of the main ten are on the weekend. What an unusual week that happens around tournament time of year. Number five, Estonia's Maestra Liga, the first Liga that Noob ever noticed way back in his blog days that had two eyes in a row in it in the Liga part. Uh, first loves, you never forget them. This is a fairly small country, and so their league is not all that strong. They're only ranked number 48 out of the 55 leagues in UEFA, but it doesn't matter if the match is important where it's being played. It is important to us. They send the bare minimum to the various uh, European competitions, one to the Champions League, two to the Europa Conference League, in the first qualifying round for each of those tournaments, and they're a little bit over two-thirds of the way through the season, as is the case for all of the quote-unquote Northern European summer leagues. It is a classic one B matchup. Number one, Flora Talon versus number B, FCI Lavadia. It's always these two, it seems like. Uh, currently, the lead is a slim one. Obviously, that's why it made our top 10. Uh, Talon lead Lavadia by two points. Lavadia, in turn, they lead a team called Nome JK Kalyu by just 18 points. Yeah, before we weren't sure whether or not we were dealing with a two-horse race. They're just two big old ponies in this one. Well, Lavadia have had a little bit the better of it this year. They only earned a nil-nil draw at home the first time they played, but then they, when they went on the road, they won nil-two. So, yes, they played each other three times here in this one because there aren't all that many leagues in the club, in the uh, league, I should say. Not only mean the club's in the league. Yeah, this sobriety is going to be the death of me. Series between these two, uh, Flora Talon with an ever so slight advantage, 17, 22, and 16. This is a derby in every sense of the word, a true rivalry. But that's all you're going to get out of me for this particular one, because now it's time for my daughter to take over with one of her passions. Aminos, Aminos, 
Animals from around the world. Oh, yeah. All right, what kind of animal are we going to talk about today? The slow worm. Oh, that's uh, interesting music for an animal that doesn't, I'll be honest, sound that exciting. It's a worm and it's not fast. We're really talking about a worm? No. We're not talking about a worm, but you said worm. Yes. I well, said what worm. is it then? A leg. It is a legless lizard. Oh, so it's like a worm, but it is not a worm. So we've got a bit of a misnomer there. What are some other names that it is known by? Uh, uh, the deaf adder, blind worm, long cripple, and the hazel worm. Oh, blind. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, but they're not blind. Uh, uh, they have tiny eyes, but they can see. So it can see, but people call it blind, and it's a legless lizard, but people call it a worm, mm -hmm. and it's not a worm. Yes. There's a lot of subterfuge going on here. Is a caper about to ensue? No. Do you know what a caper is? No. No, that's all right. Okay. Now, there are five different kinds of this I happen to know from my own research. What is the kind that is in this part of northeastern Europe and the Balkans? Anguis, fragiles, sensu, and stricto. That's a lot of Latin, although it really sounds more than anything like a crazy Harry Potter spell. Did you just cast a hex on me or something? Avada Kedavra. What is that? A spell. Oh, am I trapped in a horcrux now? I don't even know how that works. No. Wingardium Leviosa. Okay, she's casting more spells. I at least recognize that particular one. All right, well, uh, do people like these animals or are they, uh, are they pretty sinister? Uh, people like them. Oh, really? Uh, and they like them because they eat lots of insects that are pests. Oh, okay. So you've got a garden. These are pretty handy friends to have around, huh? Mm-hmm. How do they attract them? Uh, are they attract them by putting black plastic uh, or something like that for them to shelter under, and there they are. There they are. And then I know from my own reading that they spend most of their time, if they're not doing that, they're getting, they're getting underground, they're burrowing, mm -hmm. which I guess is more snake-like. I mean, they're legless, so they can't really be digging. digging. They must use their hand. Mm -hmm. Or hands? No, not hands. They head. <laughs> No, they're legless. They don't have paws, hands. They are short. So many different things. I feel I feel worse and worse for these guys. By the way, what is their status? I forgot to ask you early on. Um, vulnerable. Okay, well that's good. Not not in critically endangered and not even endangered. And I suppose with such a wide geographic habitat, you know, all over Western Eurasia, that it all depends on where they are, mm -hmm. or where they are to this particular case. All right, what can you tell us about these guys physically? Uh, they're typically uh, under one and a half feet long. They have scales that do not overlap. Uh, uh, they have body plates, I'm sorry, bony plates under the scales. Uh, and they crawl uh, slower than most snakes slither. Okay, well, that I guess is at least why they call it the slow part of slow worm. So they got a lot of the disadvantages of worms, but they crawl instead of getting to slither quickly, huh? must make them pretty easy to catch. That will make it easy for me to eat them. No. Uh, I don't get to eat them? You never let me eat any of the vulnerable or endangered animals. Well, they're going to be around a long time, at least so they live a long time, so that I have more time to eat them when you're not looking? Yes. Okay, how long do they live? Up to 30 years. That uh, sounds like a long time. Yeah, uh, they're probably the longest living lizard, and no, you cannot eat them. Ugh, fine. All right, what's some other cool stuff that you can tell us about them? Uh, oh, here's a cool fact. Uh, it can lose its tail to a predator, uh, and it'll grow back. Ah, uh, so if, you catch, if I catch it by the tail when it's trying to eat it, it loses its tail? Mm-hmm. Can 
Edna eats the tail. Why? It's not even attached anymore. What do you care? Too bad. What does it care? You're just on principle, huh? Yes. You never lets me eat anything fun. Exactly. All right, so then it's a teeny tiny snake after that, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, no, no. Its tail will grow back, but it does grow back shorter. Yeah, so not teeny tiny, but a little smaller than it was before. Mm-hmm. Any other cool facts about them? Uh, 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 their eyes are movable, uh, not like snakes. Oh, that's creepy. So their little tiny eyes can Google around like you're doing right now, even though this is an audio format. That's creeping me out a little bit. I can't watch that. I'm trying to go cross-eyed. How else are they alike and yet not alike a snake? Uh, they have to to open their mouths a little bit uh, for the tongue to come out, which is not true of snakes. Mm, So they kind of act like a snake. They lick at stuff. But they have to... Like, purse their lips, I guess, a little bit first. Okay. Uh, what sorts of, since there aren't environmental things or anything I found that's really a problem for them, the main problem must be predators. What's the most dangerous predator? Kitties. Like regular old kitty cats? Kitty cat. Like our kitty cats? Mm-hmm. I guess it's because they're slow, huh? Mm-hmm. They got no defense against meow meows. Nope. Wow. What other kinds of animals hunt them? Um, adders, badgers, birds of prey, crows, foxes, hedgehogs. Pheasants and the smooth snakes. That's a lot of different animals that are trying to eat it. Yep. Just no, just no soccer noobs trying to eat it. No. Nope. That you're not allowing. No soccer noobs. I happen to know from my research uh, that uh, I don't know about Estonia or any of the countries in Northeast Europe, but I did find that it is against the law to uh, kill them in England. Good. I guess people, even though they're friends to gardeners, I guess some gardeners maybe see them, think snake, and they get all stabby-stabby and try to kill it. No. But it turns out that's illegal. That's because illegal. They, because the slow worm is our friend. Yay. And no, <laughs> you cannot eat it. Ah, well, we can discuss that later off air. All right, no. you got anything else? Nope. That was the slow worm, and this has been animals from around the world. Croissant. Kitties, too, have a hierarchy of needs, and at the very top of theirs, clearly they are demanding a recap of last week's matches, and they shall have it last week. Match number one was a Saturday match from the African Champions League. First qualifying round, second leg of the home and away, two-legged tie. Zambia's Power Dynamos took on African stars out of Namibia. Power Dynamos won 1-0, and they advanced 2-2 on an away goals tiebreaker. Sunday, match number B, also from Africa, their secondary tournament, the Confederations Cup. First qualifying round, second leg of the home and away, two-legged tie. Abu Salim out of Libya versus Olympic Beja from Tunisia. They played to a nil-nil draw. That means that Beja hung on to win one nil on aggregate. Match number three from the Canadian Premier League. Number one, Cavalry versus number B, Pacific Cavalry. They hung on to their lead. They won one nil. No change in the table there for either team. Match number four jumped us ahead to Tuesday for a match from the CONCACAF Central American Cup, the group stage. Number B in their group, Cartagines from Costa Rica. They played host to number three, Universitario from Panama. And the result was a 2-2 draw. No change in the table there. And that ends the group stage. Cartagines move on. Panama, they're heading home. Concentrate on league play. Match number five from the UEFA Champions League playoff round. Second leg of the home and away two-legged tie. Galatasaray from Turkey versus Norwegian club Mol. 
Golda. Galatasaray won 2-1 and therefore advanced 5-3 overall on aggregate to the group stage. Congratulations to them. Match number six from the Copa Libertadores quarter, quarterfinals, second leg in the home and away two-legged tie. Brazilians Internacional versus Bolivar out of Bolivia and Internacional. No real surprise there. They won 2-0 and therefore advance 3-0 uh, on aggregate. Alan Patrick, a guy we said to look for from them, had an assist. Wednesday, match number seven from the CONCACAF Caribbean Club. Out of Martinique, Golden Lion played Defense Force from Trinidad and Tobago. Defense Force, no upset inside here. They got the nil, one win. Thursday, match number eight from the Europa League playoff round. Second match of the home and away two-legged tie. Zrinski Mostar versus LASK. And the Hungarians won it. LASK 1-1. to They actually got a draw in the match, but they advanced 2-3 to on aggregate. Match number nine from the Europa Conference League. Playoff round, second leg of the home and away two-legged tie. Rijeka versus Lille. And uh, that got played to a 1-1 draw as well. That means that Lille advanced 2-3 to on aggregate. And the equalizer and added time for this particular game that saw them get to move on for sure came from my North American connection we said to look out for. Jonathan David out of Canada got that one in the 93rd minute, I believe. Match number 10. A Saturday match, our feature match from Major League Soccer. Number four from the West, Orlando City versus number one in the East, St. Louis City. Orlando got the 2-1 home win. Facundo Torres, that we said to look for, had a brace. No change in the table there for either team, but Orlando is making things a lot more interesting and looking likely to be able to host a match uh, when it comes to the playoffs. And now your three bonus matches with explanations to come later. Tuesday's route of the week was from the Super League in Uzbekistan. Number 14, Kizokum took on number one, Pak Tekor. Pak Tekor, well, it wasn't a route, but they did get the win on the road 3-2. to two. Your most meaningless match in the world was a Thursday match from the Faroe Islands. Top flight there is the Premier League. Number 507, Vestor versus number 6, EB slash Strainmore. They played two an appropriate 1-1 draw for a most meaningless match. Equally meaningless. No change in the table there. We did not have the match and disappointed this particular week. So, that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's jump back into tracking the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. No rest for the weary new bite. More tracking to do on Monday. Number six comes from the AFCON qualifying group stage. For those who are unfamiliar, the AFCON, those are the continental championships for Africa, for their national teams. They're in the group stage and it is the final match the top two from each group of four into which they've all been divided get to advance to the knockout stage. They've been playing a double round robin home and away here in the group stage within those groups of four. Your matchup is a dandy. Number B from their group, Mauritania versus number three, uh, Gabon. And the reason this is such a good one is not only are these two only separated by two on goal differential, but they tied when they played earlier in the group stage, nil, nil and Gabon. And DR Congo is only ahead of both of them by two more Sudan there at six points, only one point behind the seven that these two have. So both slots could fall to just about any pair you could imagine. Let's look at this particular matchup. Mauritania, they are known as the Lions. We forgive it when it's Africa, since that is where they are indigenous, of Chinguetti. That makes it even better when you make it a little specific. That is a region of this country, by the way. They are ranked number 23 in the African Federation, so maybe just a touch better than average. FIFA ranked number 103, highest they've ever been was 81. That was about six years ago. Internationally, they never qualified for the World Cup. 
they made this events group stage in both 2019 and 2021. So they're getting better and better. Those are their first two appearances they've ever made in the AFCON getting out of the qualifying stage. They are seated number three here in the group stage. So it'd be a mild upset if they are the ones who get to advance. Hence the reason this is such a juicy group. They could still win it. In fact, they are two, one and two with the uh, second best offense, their best defense. Interesting side note here from Mauritania. They only managed a one, one draw at home versus your favorite democratic Republic of Congo earlier in the stage, but that got changed to a nil three win in their favor because DRC fielded an ineligible paper. Apparently they didn't do their paperwork, right? They had somebody I believe who had played for Senegal young man and didn't get the changeover done quite correctly. All right. Key players to look for. Abubakar Kamara. He's got two goals for them this event. He's a forward with one of the big three over in Greece, Olympiakos. Uh, He's actually on loan with a different club right now, Eris, which is an up and coming one. He's made 14 national team appearances since 2021, spent the heart of his career with Yo-Yo Club Fulham over in the English Premier League. And then another one to look for out of the club uh, there in their country, Noad Hibu, that is Bessam, singularly named, all-time national team scorer with 13, which tells you that you know this is a club that has not arrived, but are up and coming. He is second all-time in appearances as well with 66. And now, Gavin, they are known as the Panthers, and their crest is ghastly. You've got a Panthers face, a drawing facing you, and then it looks like he's like wearing the crest as if he's got a very, very fancy shirt fanned out around him. And then it's got a ribbon underneath that would sort of drape over his anthropomorphized shoulders, if you will. It is not good. They are ranked 19 in all of Africa. So these are definitely your favorites, even on the road, I would say. FIFA ranked number 89. They too have never been to the World Cup, but they have made about half of the AFCONs in this century. 2012, they made the quarterfinals. That's tied for the best they've ever done. Uh, 2021, last iteration of this event, they made the round of 16, and they are seeded second in this group. They too, of course, are 2 1 and true. Two, one, and two, but they have been looking to keep the pace down. Just a two and three goal differential over the five matches they have played. Their striker would like to see a little bit more offense out of them. Their superstar plays for Marseille now, world-famous Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who spent the heart of his career with Dortmund and then more recently Arsenal. He has scored 30 goals in 73 national team appearances. That is quite a ratio. We've got a USA connection here, Dennis Boenga, who plays a winger for Major League Soccer's LAFC franchise. Uh, He came over uh, to there from St. Etienne, interestingly. 12 goals and 5 assists is how he's been doing in Major League Soccer this year. And another USA connection. I'm not as familiar with this guy's name. I wonder if he's a starter. No, in fact, I'm pretty sure he's not a starter. Aaron Bupenza. He is a right winger for Cincinnati. He's only made three appearances for the team this year, though, although he has a couple of goals. Match number seven. All right, so you do get a break on Tuesday, but Wednesday up and out of match number seven comes from the UEFA Women's Champions League, or the qualifying stages, specifically the first qualifying round. Uh, Four teams, by the way, for this event, just to kind of give you the lay of the land. The best four teams in Europe winners of each of the four biggest leagues, they get to start at the group stage. Nine of the teams will enter at the second qualifying round, and everybody else is going to enter is entering at this phase. 
Now, the first qualifying rounds are not just singular matches per se. They are groups of three or four. Some of the first qualifying groups have four teams in a traditional bracket. Other ones are two teams vying to play a slightly stronger team to get out of the first qualifying round, if you will. And they're playing a team that got to buy. All right. We covered this team last week and person knew she is a big fan of Lithuania. So that was a good enough reason for us to cover them again. It's either Ginta or Ginta. I still haven't figured it out. FK Ginta, I'm going to pronounce it. And they are playing host to Cardiff City out of Wales. The winner will get to play either Glasgow City or Ireland's club called Shelbourne in the first qualifying round final. This is one of those 14 brackets. Gintra, as I said, we just covered them, and congratulations to them one more time. They won the Baltic Women's League this year, a really unique tournament. I believe the Gintras translates to amber. Don't know means the rock, the color, or both in this instance. They are may not be in one of the great leagues in all of Europe, but they are the power within their own borders. They have won every domestic league title since 2005. That's insane, plus three other ones as well historically. They are the club for the University of Cialiai. Now, I don't know that that means that they're students. In fact, I rather doubt that they all are at the very least, but they are the sponsor for the club. By the way, uh, that university, the town is of the same name. It is the fourth biggest one in the country, over 100,000 people. It's a major industrial center. In fact, in 2020, and I assume they finished it, they started building uh, Europe's largest aircraft repair and maintenance center. (laughs) You won't get that from other soccer podcasts, maybe for a reason. But I thought it was interesting. uh, They lost to the first qualifying round of this event last year. Twice they have made it as far as the round of 16. Last time was 2017-18. They qualified for this year's event by, of course, winning the A-Liga in their country last year. And they did so by a whopping 20-point margin over MFA Zalgiris, the second-best team. The league, by the way, is ranked number 32 in all of UEFA, so a fair bit below average. Currently in league play, they are in first, and they are undefeated after 13 matches. No real surprise there. And now their challenger out of Wales, Cardiff City. Now that's really interesting that they are playing in the Women's uh, Premier Welsh League because the men's team actually plays within the English Pyramid. I believe they're in the EPL, or uh, rather the ECL. Regardless, The Welsh League is even weaker than the Lithuanian one by reputation. They're ranked only number 41 in all of Europe. Their new league season is not quite yet underway, but I will tell you that they won last year's league by 13 points in just 20 matches over Swansea City, and they, like their opponents today, went undefeated. Uh, They've won at least one other league title. Some of the information I found seemed to be a little bit spotty. 2012-13, I know that they won the domestic league. Uh, they did not get out of the Champions League qualifying round when they went there last year. I think that they are your very heavy underdogs for this one. Match number eight. We come back to our side of the pond for match number eight, another Wednesday match. USL League One, that is the third tier here in the United States, or one of the leagues that make up the third tier. The top six teams from this league will all make the playoffs. The top two will get buys into the semifinal. They're about three quarters of the way through the season, just like all the major American leagues. Your key matchup, number B, Union Omaha versus number one, North Carolina FC. Currently, North Carolina lead the Union by a single point. Omaha, in turn, lead two clubs 
by three points. When they played in North Carolina earlier this season, they won two to one. Can the Union return the favor? Quite possibly. They've got the series advantage historically with a three, two and oh, uh, three, two and one record, I should say. But that's all you're going to get out of us for this particular match because this is the time of show where if Noob hasn't snacked and he did not, his tumbly starts to get a little rumbly and even starts referring to himself in the third person. Yeah, nobody wins with that. So we're going to take a culture break and culture break, while it occasionally means art or something else, usually means food. And that is the case this time. We are going to talk about a recipe famous from Omaha, not just Omaha, but really all over the Midwest. But it is especially popular because of all the German heritage population there in Omaha historically, and I found an actual copy from the Omaha World Herald, a paper that still exists, where they printed out uh, what they believe like was basically an original recipe for something called a runza. Now, this is not something that just comes from Germany. There are variations of this that aren't all that different from lots of the Central and Eastern European countries. You'll you'll recognize it even if you don't know the name Runza, but this is a particularly tasty sounding recipe. My sister makes the absolutely best of these that I've ever had, yet I don't know if she uses the dash of Tabasco that this particular original quote-unquote recipe had. Anyway, Runza's. Uh, to make the dough, you're, you're going to need your warm water, dry, active dry yeast, some sugar, salt, egg, margarine, six cups of flour. You're going to mix all this stuff together until it's dissolved. Then you add the egg, the melted shortening, stir in your flour, put it in the refrigerator for four hours. That is the key. Roll the dough into an oblong shape and then cut it into 16 squares. Divide the hamburger mixture between the squares. Then you pull up the four sides, press the edges together, place on a greased cooking sheet, and bake for 20 minutes in a moderate oven at 350 degrees. This is a version for a lot of people. It's a lot of food. It will serve 16 and uh, efficient oven since this is a very old recipe. Probably, if you look up a more modern recipe, will not have it quite as hot or maybe need it even cook quite that long. But the key here is the hamburger filling. For this particular recipe, one and a half pounds of hamburger, a half a cup of chopped onion, three cups of shredded cabbage, half a cup of water, a bunch of teaspoons of uh, salt and pepper, as I mentioned, your dash of Tabasco for a truly Omaha original flavor. Now, you're going to have browned the hamburger and the onion together. Drain off the excess grease. It's not that kind of recipe. Then add your cabbage, your seasoning, your water. You're going to have to simmer that for close to 20 minutes. So this works out really well because you can be doing this while that uh, dough bread is cooking. Uh, cool it completely before putting it in the dough. And that is going to be your key. And let me tell you, while my, uh, <laughs> my tumbly is a rumbly right now, as my sister will attest, my tumbly gets even more rumbly after eating this because of all that cooked cabbage. But it is oh so worth it. Match number nine. Match number nine brings us to Thursday, the last day of this show's soccer week. We stay here on our side of the pond for the CONCACAF Nations League just getting going. This is a standalone tournament for na national teams. It runs opposite, uh, basically, in the overall calendar against the Gold Cup, which is our version of the AFCON or the Euros here in our part of the world. Every four years, they have the Gold Cup. The opposite two years, they have this one. 
Now, the CONCACAF Nations League is actually, in a way, three different leagues, A through C, all sorted by ability. League A has the top 16 national teams, League B the next 16, and then the leftover nine, mostly Caribbean countries, or maybe entirely, are all in League C. League C has been divided into three groups of three. They will play a home and away double round robin. The group winner of each of the three groups will get promoted into League B next year, as well as the best of the number two. So there is promotion and relegation between these three groupings. Your matchup based on CONCACAF ratings, number 40 and second to last U.S. Virgin Islands playing host at number 36 Cayman Islands. None of the matches down here are really any more important or high stakes than any of the other ones, but I just mostly wanted to let you know something about the event. And it is fun to learn about these teams, especially because they're not going to really be important any other time. As I mentioned, this is the beginning of the event, so this is each team's first match, and uh, there's a very brief history, at least recently, between these two. Cayman Islands have won the two times that they have played. Nevertheless, U.S. Virgin Islands are playing host. Let's talk about the Dashing Eagle, not just the Eagle or Eagles. That's part of the official nickname, and Noob is down for it. World rank, worldwide, they're ranked just outside the top 200, so not very strong. Their highest was just inside the top 150. That was a dozen years ago. They'll be hosting this at Bethlehem Soccer Stadium in Christiansted on St. Croix, which is the largest island on the U.S. side of things. This was, by the way, the capital of the Danish West Indies was Christiansted. Uh, the buildings there are somewhat unique in the world. They're some of the only examples of what's called Danish African architecture anywhere. It is a gorgeous place to visit in pictures and obviously probably in person. Uh, it is in the uh, north central part of the island, has a uh, population of probably 2,500. As you would imagine, they have never been to the World Cup. They've never qualified for the Gold Cup. In fact, either nor even when it existed, the Caribbean Cup, a national team tournament just for the Caribbean teams, they never qualified for the group stage of that one either. In the last Nations League, they actually did earn some points. They went 1-1-4 one, one when they last held this in 2022-23. The team's active scoring leader with a whopping three goals is J.C. Mack. Uh, he is a midfielder, 35 years old, and unlike a lot of Caribbean teams where they use a lot of diaspora, well, not that this one doesn't, but he was actually born there. And he has played all over the U.S. and all over the world. Chicago Fire fans may remember his name. He played with their U23 uh, team back in his youth. He is currently in the semi-professional New Zealand National League playing with a team called Napier Rovers. The majority of this roster, is, in fact, is American-born, but none of the players play above Tier 3 in the uh, U.S. pyramid, and a lot of them are college players. Team's current form, they are 0-0-2 this year. Those were friendlies against other Caribbean teams. And now the Cayman Islands, no official nickname there. Uh, the crest looks like a, a drawing of a heraldic lion being electrocuted. I can't decide if I love or hate it, but it is certainly unique. Uh, they are ranked just inside uh, the FIFA Top 200. Highest they ever got was 127. That was back in 1995. They, too, have a bunch of U.S. players. None of them are pros. They're all U.S. college players. And I don't think any of them are even Division One. The only active player they seem to have on their roster right now who has ever scored multiple goals for them, uh, and he's got seven, is Mark Ebanks, who plays forward for them. He's played in England for uh, before, but just to give you an idea of the, the type of players they have, I've mentioned pyramids. He didn't play in the Premier League or the second division uh, 
you know, championship league. He played down just below the 10th level on the pyramid for a club called Capel Plow. This team as well has never been to a World Cup or a Gold Cup. They have played in the Caribbean Cup before, though, and the best they ever did was fourth place back in 1995. They went 0-2-2 in the most recent Nations League, so didn't manage any wins. Nevertheless, they are my favorites for this particular one. Teams current form, well, the only match that they've played this year was their last match from the 2022-23 Nations League. They lost to Puerto Rico 1-5. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! So talented, so cute, but occasionally so impatient. That's our girl, and that is okay. Match number 10 comes from the Euros, or not really the European Championships. They're still in their qualification stage, specifically the group stage. All the teams have been divided into groups of either five or six. Regardless of the size, the top two from each one will move on. And it doesn't directly matter whether you finish in first or second place in terms of where you're going to get seeded for the European Championships. But nevertheless, the coefficients do matter, and you still want to win as many games as you can. Your matchup. Number B, Serbia from their group versus number one, Hungary. They are tied on points in the table. The first tiebreaker is not overall goal differential, but it is head-to-head play. And these two have not played yet, even though they've each played at least one of the other teams twice. They both lead Montenegro by three points, which I think is a long shot to catch either of these two. Nevertheless, an exciting match in store. The recent series between these two, they've played three times and each gone one, one, and one. You can catch this particular one on television here in the States on Fox Soccer Plus, or if you prefer a Spanish language stream, you can tune into it on VIX. Either way, it's going to be a 2.45 kickoff Eastern time here. Serbia, they are the Eagles and ranked number 13 in UEFA. FIFA worldwide, they are ranked number 25. Highest they've ever been was number six. That was in 1998. Here in the group stage, they are 2-1-0 so far with a 5-1 goal differential, so they're about halfway through the group stage. They have made three of the last four World Cups uh, as just Serbia. That we're, Anytime I'm talking about Serbia here, I'm only going to be talking about since they were completely independent from both Yugoslavia and Montenegro. They've never been past the group stage as a wholly independent country. They have not qualified for the Europe uh, for the European Championships before, interestingly, and that is since 2010. In the 2022-23 European version of the Nations League, most recently they won their group and were promoted from League B up to League A. It works a lot like the Concacaf version that we just visited. Here in the group stage, they are four one and one with a 13 against five goal differential. Team's current form, they are 4-1-0 this year. The draw they had, however, was in this event, and we have a slight U.S. connection here. They won 1-2 within our borders. Ooh, interesting, tough team. Here in this event on the scoring leaderboard with three is Dusan Vlahovic. He is a striker who is currently playing for Juventus over in Italy and is just 23 years old. He is very physically strong and holds up play well. It's not the only thing he does well. You don't get to play for a top four Uh, league in a strong team like Juve without being pretty well-rounded, but that is really where he does his best work with his back to the goal and linking up with other players. And now Hungary, they are ranked number 25 in UEFA, 36th ranked worldwide by FIFA, highest they've ever been. Much more recently, 2016, they were ranked number 18 in the world, but they have not qualified for a major tournament 
almost in the last 30 years. 1986 through 2016 was a bit of a drought for them. They haven't been to a World Cup since the one in 1986. They qualified for the European Championships the last two times. 2016, they made the round of 16. They finished in third place back in 1964. Best they've ever done. 2022-23 Nations League, their last major tournament. They finished in second place in their League A group. They are your favorites here. Uh, They're more of a defensive than an offensively oriented team. So look for Serbia to press. That's going to be the key. If they can break down Hungary or get some counters, this will be a very even matchup. In Hungary's last three matches, they are 2-1-0 with a 5 against 0 goal differential. Best player they probably have by far plays for Liverpool as a right winger and is just 22 years old. That is Dominic Zoboslai. We've been following him on this show for a couple of years. Bring forth... The bonus matches. First and foremost, thank you very much to everybody who has voted in our polls on Twitter to determine which of the candidate matches would make the show for these three very exciting bonus matches. You can find us at Soccer Noob USA on Twitter. And yes, we're still calling it that X. I suppose there's nothing wrong with that, but it's kind of like Sears Tower. Candlestick Park. Some things are just never going away. Like the first versus last place matchup that our daughter dramatically calls the route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. And for said match, we are going to the Paraguayan Primera División in Comable. It is ranked 8 out of the 10 main teams there, or leagues there, I should say, in South America. The stage winners are going to get to go to the Copa Libertadores, which is the South American version of the Champions League. By the way, quick reminder for newer fans that in many of the Spanish-speaking countries in our hemisphere, they divide their soccer year into two separate stages or mini-seasons, if you will, Apertura y Clausura, opening and closing. So if you win one of those, you get to go to the Copa Libertadores. They're also going to send the next best four, next best four teams uh, to the Copa Libertadores as well, just a little bit further back in terms of qualifying rounds, as well as the Copa Sudamericana, the secondary international club tournament there. Now, the relegation or back end of the table is equally relevant here, of course, since we're going to be talking about a last place team. Two teams will get relegated, but our last place team here, I will tell you up front, is not actually one of the teams that is likely at all to get relegated. They are simply in last place this particular stage. They use a three-year coefficient table there, so you've got to stink for a very, very long time. And Lucanio's doing that job now, mind you, just they haven't been doing it for the last five, six-month periods quite as consistently. And your matchup, as they are one-third of the way or so through the Clausura stage, is number one Libertad versus the aforementioned Fighting Luques. Okay, that's really not their nickname, but Lucano, number 12 in this particular stage of standings. Now, looking at the front end of the table, Libertad, they currently lead second place Cerro Porteño by two points. Lucano, on the other end of things, they trail three different clubs by two points. So, you know, there's plenty of stage to go. I have a feeling Lucanio will uh, manage to climb back out of that, but not necessarily starting on this game. This is a tough road match. And the two times that they have played this year, which was last stage, uh, Libertad, they got a nil-two win on the road, but aha, when they were at Lucanio, they only managed a 1-1 draw. 
When it comes to the Rat of the Week, we're always looking for little bits of, uh, I don't know, hope, silver lining, whatever you want to call it. This is maybe the last place team can pull it upset. Well, there's one little sparkle for us to hang on to. The series between these two clubs, uh, no sparkling here for Locanio. Libertad have accrued a 27, 11, and 10 record over the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so. Libertad, like most of the major teams in this country, there are serious efforts to grow the game outside of the capital city. They are in Asuncion, something that is much more unique to them. They are known as Repolleros, which means cabbage growers. And no person knew, but I didn't make that one up. That one's real. I know I do a lot of silly stuff, but that one's real. They are considered by record the third greatest club in the nation's history, and they have won 23 domestic league titles. In terms of international play, twice they have been to the semifinals of the Copa Libertadores. Last time, though, was 2006. They've had a bit more recent success in the Copa Sudamericana. Three times they've also made the semifinal there, but much more recently, 2021, the last time. Libertad, they won the Apertura stage, so they are not in danger of missing the Copa Libertadores, which... I suppose one could say might mean they would let up a little bit in a match like this. But given that they're in first place, it doesn't seem like they've been letting up so far. They get the majority of their finest work done on the defensive end. They're number one in that regard, barely giving up more than a goal every other match on average. The offense is good enough that they have the overall number one goal differential. But how long can they count on the uh, magic eternal youth of tied for number one league scorer with 13 on the full season? Oscar Cardozo. I don't think I've ever seen anybody in a top flight league anywhere in the world age 40 or more. And he is exactly 40 be leading the league. But there he is, dear center forward, making a lot of use of his height, I'm going to guess. He is very tall as soccer players go, even goalies at six foot four. He has spent some time with European teams. Best one was uh, earlier in his career. He spent seven years with Benfica over in the Portuguese Primeira Liga. Team's current form, they're doing okay. One, one, and one in their last three. And now Lucanio. Uh, the soccer may not be real great there, particularly right now, but it is a very interesting area. It is part of the greater metropolitan area of Asuncion, but it is on the absolute outskirts. This is a city that is famous for a lot of things. We've mentioned them before as being the home of Conmebol as an organization. But outside of soccer, they are known for guitar production and a lot of what is called filigree jewelry. If you've ever wondered where that gold and silver stuff comes from. Here's the place, more than likely. Last stage, the Apertura, they finished in eighth place. So not good, but certainly better than where they are now. Now, the overall table, they are in 11th place right now, and that just recently changed. When I first scouted it, they were in ninth, so things are really, really tight. But looking at the table right now, I have to go back on what I said earlier in this preview. They are in the relegation zone, albeit just barely, but they are not in last place and have a real chance to take themselves right back out. Again, probably not this particular day, though. For them, the defense has been the issue. It's not that high scoring of a league, and they're giving up almost two goals per match. The offense has been pretty average, so if they're intentionally parking the bus and playing small ball, it's really not working out for them so far. They're only tied for 10th place and goal differential. If they're going to climb, I don't see them climbing more than maybe a spot or two between now and the end of the year. What little offense they are getting, tied for number one in league scoring, is Marcelo Perez. Yeah, he's got 13 as well. Oh, what a, but a, but he just moved back home to 
uh, an Argentinian club called Huracan last month. So their next best player is Paul Charpentier when it comes to offense. He is also Argentinian, 23 years old. He is here on loan, perhaps, to replace the aforementioned Marcelo Perez from an Argentinian Division B club called Nuevo Chicago. I believe he's got a half dozen goals since his arrival earlier in the year. Team's current form, they're also 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. <laughs> and remember, kids, the point is never to be making fun of these teams that are smack dab in the middle of their table, not being paid attention to by anyone, but rather uh, for us to learn a little bit about two clubs somewhere in the world that nobody else is talking about. Maybe, and I only mean maybe, except for in their home communities, the most meaningless match in the world that you have voted on is a Sunday match from the S League of the Solomon Islands. It is the third ranked league in the very small Oceania Football Confederation. The top two teams will make the Champions League, and one of the 12 teams will get relegated. It's two-thirds of the way through the season, and these two teams Teams probably don't have to worry a lick about that. I'm sure they're still trying their hardest, but they could just Netflix and chill or whatever the hip kids say these days. Your matchup is number six, Marist Fire versus number seven, Laugu United. Uh, right now, Marist Fire, they lead Laugu, uh, Laugu by five points. Uh, in turn, they trail number B, Wanayago United, by six points. So while it's conceivable they could catch up to the top two, they've got some teams to leapfrog and not a ton of season left to do it. On the other end of things, uh, Laugu United and just about everybody else are safe from relegation. They lead number 12 last place, uh, Real Kakamura, by 26 points. I'll bet you could guess, but I'll say it anyway out loud. Real Kakamura have not earned a win or draw on the season. They are certainly going down. Well, these two teams played equally meaninglessly earlier this season. It was Laugu coming out on top 2-1. to one. Now, I don't have a ton on either of these teams. It is the Solomon Islands, but let's still do a little learning. They are from the capital city of, do you know the capital city of the Solomon Islands? I sure didn't before I started doing this show. It's named Honiara. The team has won three league titles. Last one was in 2016. They have never been past the group stage in the four times that they have been to the OFC Champions League. Last year, they were pretty much equally meaningless. They finished in seventh place. This year, they're reasonably well-balanced and probably a little bit better than they're uh, showing in the standings. Problem is that they're tied for the most draws in the league, or maybe that's what's keeping them afloat. But they have the third-best offense and fourth-best defense, third-best overall goal differential. This is not a team I would expect to be able to make a major move on the top two, but it would not surprise me at all to see them climb out of the meaningless zone, so to speak. Team's current form, uh, they just suffered a 1-2 loss to Wanayoga United, and that snapped a three-match win streak. And now Laugu United, they also play out of the capital city. Uh, the name of the natives of this country, the indigenous peoples, is the Lao. And so I'm assuming that the club knew, uh, the club name uh, directly derives from that. But I did not find that formally, uh, nor what the affix maybe GU might entail. Last year, uh, just about as meaningless as they are now, they finished in fifth place. Uh, they are on sort of the opposite end of things. They are, they've only had a couple of draws, so they've won a couple more games than some teams above them, but 
also suffered a couple more losses. They actually only are rated number nine in the league in both offense and defense. I would expect them to slide, not make a major climb. Team's current form, they are two. Oh, and two in their last four. And boy, they have there have been some shootouts. Seven versus ten goal differential. And now normally I do one for each team, at least some episodes, but this time just one most meaningless fact, since they're both from the same place. Uh Actually, it's not that meaningless in a way, because if you're a tourist, this is one of the most beautiful boat rides you can have in the Pacific, from what I've read and some pictures I saw. Uh, there is a boat ride you can take. Uh, it, it might be somewhat direct, but in any case, give you an idea how spread out some of these nations are in the uh, South Pacific. To go from Honiara, which I gather must be somewhere in the eastern part of things, to Gizo, the capital of the country's western provinces, is a 26-hour passenger boat ride. And now we end the show examining two sad sack bottom feeders from some league somewhere in the world. Prepare your soul for the darkness that is the match of... Disappointed! And the 13th and final match of the show for which you have voted is a Sunday match from the Premier League of Belarus. It is ranked number nine out of the 59 league associations in Europe. They get the bare number of teams sent away to Champions League and other tournaments. More relevantly, two of the teams will get relegated at the end of the year. A third one might. They get to fight for their lives against the second division third place team in what's called a relegation playout match or playoff match at the end of the year. They're a little bit more than halfway through the season. This is one of those European summer leagues. Your matchup, yeah, it's a dandy. Number 14, Shakhtar Soligorsk versus number 15, Energetic-BGU. Shakhtar, they lead Energetique by four points in the table right now, and they have a match in hand. Uh, they trail number 13, Belshina Bobrowisk, by seven points, uh, but they have two matches in hand against that particular team. So they have been making a push to climb out of that. And it is taking a long time for that push to show its effects in the table because if you don't, rem if you're a longtime listener, you might know this or following, you know, world soccer in general. But for newer fans or those not following the teeny tiny leagues in Europe, there were some massive point deductions uh, laid upon some three different teams from this league as punishment for a match fixing scandal that got wound up last year. Uh, if it weren't for those, right now, shocked you who lost 30 points, yeah, would be in fifth place. And I'm surprised it would even be that low. They're a perennial power. Energetique, they wouldn't be a lot higher than they are. They'd be in 12th place. And uh, actually, the other, you know, even though they're not obviously in this match, but the other team that I mentioned, Belshina Bobruisk, they would still be in 14th place, uh, which would be facing relegation. But they would all be a lot closer than they uh, were. They lost something like 30, 12, 30, 20, and 10 to do some rounding points this year. And they'll be suffering points deductions next year as well, no matter which division they're in. As far as the match between these two, Shakhtar have a 7-0-2 record against them the last few years. When they played earlier this season at Energetique, Shakhtar won 1-4. Let's talk about them first. They are known as the Miners or the Moles. I'm sure you can guess the obvious reasons there. This is also a very new city, by the way. It was only founded in 1958, one of the newest in the whole country. Just a shade under 100,000 people there. It's in the uh, central, kind of south-central part of the country. You might recognize 
recognize this name, and if I'm pronouncing it correctly, as Sailhorsk. That is the Belar, or at least the phonetic pronunciation, and I'm doing it of the Belarusian uh, uh, name of it. Uh, Salagorsk, once again, if I'm getting that right, is actually from the Russian. So, uh, Yes, okay. I'm confirming some things that I said earlier in my notes here that I had down here. In addition to a 30-point deduction this year, they will lose 20 points last uh, next year as well. Wow. They've won three league titles, and the most recent one was just a couple of years ago. In fact, they finished last season in first place, but were stripped of the title, didn't get to go to international play. International, 2014-15 Europa League playoff round is the best that they have ever done. When they finished in first place last year, they did so at the expense of number B, Energetique, only beat them by five points. But again, both teams were disqualified from getting to go to any European tournaments. This year, they've got the third best offense in the league, getting almost two goals per match in a fairly low scoring league. Uh, the defense is, uh, you know, Average, just over a goal per match. Tied for number three in overall goal differential. This is a team that I would predict would have been flirting at least for one of the Europa Conference League spots where they say normal, quote-unquote, season for them. Key player to look for in this matchup. Tied for number one in league scoring with an even dozen is Igor Karpitsky. Only 19 years old. Center forward. Oh, actually, but where you're going to be keeping an eye on him. I forgot and had to scroll down a little bit further in my notes. He actually was just transferred in July to a Russian outfit called uh, Krylia Sovetov Samara, which is in second place in the suspended Russian top flight right now. Their next best player to keep an eye on, Denis Kozlovsky. He's got a half dozen goals on the air. Team's current form, 0-1-2 in their last three. And now Energetique. Don't have a ton on them. The BGU that I mentioned that is part of their name, uh, that basically stands for Belarusian uh, State University. They are in Minsk. It is a club that was founded in 1996. Not an official nickname, but they've got a really cool crest with a really enlarged bull on it where the whole drawing of the bull doesn't quite fit within the parameters of it. I love uh, messing with perspective like that when it comes to crests. They have the worst offense in the league. Oh, and how you should be able to smell how bad it is from where you are by almost a factor of two. They are not quite getting a goal even every other game on average. One of the worst I've ever seen in any nation's top flight. Uh, the defense, it's a bit below average, but not nearly as heinous as the offense. They have the number 13 goal differential is all. This is a team that might be able to escape the relegation zone in a normal year, but I suspect they would finish like right about at that relegation playoff zone. Team's current form, they look like they're going down right now. They are winless in their last eight, and they have lost two straight. And rather than wishing these two cheater-cheater pumpkin-eater teams good luck and good fortune going forward, no grace for them, we will instead shoo them away in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Take them away. Hey, boo. Boo. And that's a wrap for this episode of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry. To my daughter, Dearest, thank you so much for joining me on this, even as you start your middle school journey. I asked if you wanted to keep doing it, and her exact quote was, noob for life. I absolutely love it. And thank you to you for finding us, tuning in. We hope if you'd enjoyed it and found what we're doing truly unique as we endeavor for it, 
it to be that you will pass this along to your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, hey, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care. Wingardium Leviosa. Am I trapped in a horcrux now? I don't even know how that works.